Hi, and welcome to the Siding Luck podcast, where we give you an insight into the world of motorcycle racing. Today, we're talking about surprising retirements from MotoGP with Carly. Okay, so the main reason we're talking about this is because, obviously, Suzuki dropped the bombshell that they are rumoured to be leaving MotoGP at the end of the 2022 season, and no one really knows why. So we thought that would be a great opportunity to make a podcast episode about all the people who have surprisingly dropped out or have got sacked from MotoGP. So let's start with the most recent news, which is Suzuki. So Suzuki already departed MotoGP in 2011 in order to reduce costs during a global economic recession. However, in 2015, they decided to come back to the paddock. They finished the 2011 season with only one rider, which was Alvaro Bautista, after they didn't replace Loris Caprossi, who was headed to Pramac. So the departure was announced days after the final race of the season, which made it even more shocking. So this is kind of similar to 2022 where Suzuki just apparently are leaving so no one really knows why no one knows anything basically so it's kind of similar to the 2011 season yeah and basically there isn't an economic recession now like even though COVID happened like the economy isn't that bad Right now, like, obviously, it's getting better now. And, like, they survived the worst COVID years in MotoGP. Yeah, it doesn't really make sense. But, yeah, we'll get to that. I don't know. (laughs) We'll get to that a bit in a minute. So, in 2011, it was even more shocking because the team members were already working on the 2012 bike. So they basically just, they were already testing and making the next season's bike. And then suddenly they got told, oh no, Suzuki aren't going to be a MotoGP anymore. We're just leaving. So all the team members were just, they had no jobs. They, yeah, they just had no jobs anymore. Yeah, I think that was handled very badly from the like organization leaders because obviously like if you have engineers in that level they're very talented so they could have applied for jobs somewhere else but a team is like not that likely to employ someone mid-season if they don't need it and then to trust like release so many workers at the same time because they just decided they weren't going to be in with the gp anymore is a bit weird i do think that the way they've done it this year is a bit better than when they did it in if they are leaving at least they've told them now before mid-season because in 2011 they obviously told them at the after the last race so they've only got like weeks to try and get a new job or something because obviously they've got testing before the first race in the next season so if Suzuki are leaving this year then at least hopefully some of the team can get new jobs per next season maybe yeah definitely because obviously the engineers have built a really good bike like look at suzuki's overall performance it's been like surprisingly strong especially after last year and then also like the rumors i've heard are like mostly coming from the workers themselves like they're saying that Suzuki is leaving so they must know yeah so apparently this is all when the reason that Suzuki are rumored to leave is it started because Davide Brivio in 2020 who was Suzuki's boss was leaving Suzuki and moving to Formula One I think he went to work on yeah. with like then Renault now Alpine yeah so that was in 2020 and then obviously we had the pandemic in that time as well so Suzuki 
won the championship in 2020 with Jean-Mer and then Brivio left and then in 2021 they didn't have a team boss which was kind of surprising because that's like the person who's holding the team together who's like managing everything and they just didn't have one that's I thought they had someone I just thought like I was like okay I don't know who it is but I was like obviously there is someone but yeah they they just didn't have anyone I think they kind of like split the jobs between people who are already in the team and then obviously this season they got Livio Supo that he was uh Honda's ex-team manager or boss so that's kind of surprising that they like surely they could have got him in mid-season or something because last year Suzuki was kind of a bit of a disappointing yeah so the rumors came out quite recently like last week and then the next day after they came out Donna made a statement saying that basically Suzuki haven't said anything to them about leaving and that they obviously have um, the contract with Suzuki that they will stay in MotoGP until 2026. So, and they kind of said in the official statement that if Suzuki do want to leave, there will be like consequences. So I guess maybe a big fine or something because they've committed to the four years or however many years they said they would do till 2026 and now they're just breaking the contract basically yeah and I think it would affect also because if Suzuki left in 2011 and came back in 2015 I think the consequences could also be that Suzuki isn't just allowed back in MotoGP yeah I mean worst case scenario so this is really come to shock everyone because like no one really expected Suzuki to pull out after winning the championship they've been doing so well this year um in their standings and I don't think like Rins or Mir or any of the employees they didn't know that they would maybe be without jobs and seats at the end of the year and Mir and Rins have both said they like Miz manager said like he didn't know they thought they were going to be staying with Suzuki next year they thought they're going to be signing a contract but now they're kind of like do we do we not like Suzuki haven't even told their own staff yet so yeah well they have Um, but they haven't at the same time (laughs) um I think the news if like Suzuki end up leaving I feel like the news will be like the least shocking to like Rins and Mir because they both have contracts ending this year, if I remember mm. correctly. So in like world of like the MotoGP paddock, they know when a contract ends, but they have to find a new one. And sometimes it might be in another team. And like Mir, for example, there's been a lot of like yeah. fan rumors mm-hmm. of him going to Honda, for example. Yeah, so they so- know they have to look for another job after their contract yeah. so I think they'd handle it easier but there's so much staff that I think it would be a bit harsher on them yeah because obviously if so if Suzuki do leave obviously another team could take the seats or like a new a new manufacturer could come in like Kawasaki but I'm not sure if that would really happen because obviously just time and money so I think the easiest thing for Dorna would be to lose the two seats and go back to 22 riders on the grid which means though that obviously rider some riders would have to leave the grid and in my opinion I don't think it would be Mir or Rins leaving the grid but then I'm not sure because we have to take into account uh, the fact that there's 24 riders and if they drop the two seats that means there's 22. Some of the 22 riders apart from Mayor and Renz may get sacked because their contracts 
are mainly ending. Like I think the only people who have contracts are like Bang Yaya, who resigned, um, Mark Marquez, Brad Binder. Has anyone else got one yet? I, oh, Frankie Morbidelli has one, but for Yamaha, I think. I'm not sure if it's for factory. So like they're all safe, but the rest of the riders, we don't know where they could go. And then you've got Moto2 riders yeah. who could be coming up because there is so much talent in that class at the moment and then you're left with the situation that there are not enough seats for yeah. all these riders so and we're probably gonna have to even, say goodbye to some of them yeah and someone could even do like a home darren binder and jump up from one to three so like you yeah or jack miller so you just never know but i think I agree with you in that sense. I don't think Rins or Mir will would be, or like in my mind, they're not the logical ones to oh you go away because they've performed well, yeah. both of them, and uh, Mir is a champion after all. I think what could happen is some other manufacturer could buy the team. Yeah, I really hope then, so. Yeah, because then they'd get the staff, and like a lot of the resources and the two seats could go and it's not like building a team up from zero it's obviously less work if you just buy what they have and go with that obviously it would be yeah. a big change but we'd still have the 24 riders in the grid which would be great yeah yeah because we've also got like top racks rumored to be going to motor gp next season and it's like world superbike motor two motor three like there is so much choice and only 24 seats and some of those are already taken there might not even be 24 seats next season so it's all very crazy yeah i think everyone's rumored pretty much now yeah. to go be <laughs> everyone's rumored to no everyone who doesn't have a contract is just rumored to be going everywhere <laughs> yeah actually yeah sorry i didn't tell you guys i'll be writing for Honda next season. <laughs> Whoa. You go in. I know. Make that bike amazing. World championship. Yeah. Go win well, just some world championships. Everyone can ride bikes. I'll just run with them. <laughs> Sonic speed. Maybe you'd want to do that to the Yamaha. If you ran with that, you could probably <laughs> make it fast. <laughs> pushing the bike. Yeah. Okay, so moving on. We're going to talk about Casey Stoner next because obviously in 2012 he announced his retirement but this was he did this on his own free will and he mainly did this for health reasons so in 2011 he won the championship but he said he didn't enjoy racing anymore and wanted to spend more time with his family and he was struggling with his health. He had chronic fatigue syndrome and he revealed this year that he had severe anxiety and mental distress throughout his time in MotoGP. So basically he just didn't enjoy racing anymore with all this anxiety and stress and obviously the fatigue he was getting from riding the bike. So he just decided that after he'd already won the championship in 2011 and he decided in May of 2012 that he was going to retire in from MotoGP that year. Also, I think Casey had proved himself. Even though he was 26, he had raced with the, like the best of that like group and he had beat them twice. He won the championship twice. And like he was at peace with him retiring. It wasn't like people are going to think like, oh, I'm not good because obviously he was good. Yeah. And it wasn't like I think he got injured from like because of bike racing and then had yeah. to stop. Yeah. And also, like, I think it was in the Netflix document, the Hitting the Apex one, where they just talked when they talked about Casey, they were mentioned like he just didn't like to do media. And I think like if you look at his interviews, you kind of can see that he's a bit uncomfortable there. So the anxiety could stem from that. But it seemed like yeah. um, he just wanted to go racing. He just wanted to ride the bike. That was what he wanted to do. Mm -hmm. And then the media just got slapped at him. Like, do this too. 
and like obviously being in front of so many cameras can be very stressful because like all eyes are on you and they're waiting for you to say something they can take and be like oh he said this in 2012 uh people only knew Casey Stoner was lactose intolerant so when he did retire it only came out a couple years ago he had chronic fatigue syndrome so so people didn't know more about his serious physical and mental health issues obviously after Casey's announcement announcement of retiring Honda had to find a new rider for 2013 and they announced in May that they'll not rush to a decision but they didn't also exclude the idea of maybe coming back and then it was reported that later they tried to sign Jorge Lorenzo also to get to the team, but he decided to stay with Yamaha for the time being. And Honda decided to move up Marc Marquez from Moto2 to replace Casey. And obviously that's big, big shoes to fill. Like you have a two-time world champion spike under you. And this was only possible because MotoGP got rid of the rule where rookies had to start from a satellite team in their first year. And obviously moving up a rookie to a very established and well-performing team is a risky decision as always. But it definitely paid off because Mark won his first championship in his rookie year, which to my memory hasn't happened before, but I could just be banking here. Yeah, so obviously Casey retired, but he and he never made a comeback like Dobby did. There were talks about him replacing Danny Pedrosa after his arm pump injury in 2015, but he, but Honda basically decided against it. In 2016, Casey returned to Ducati as their test rider. So obviously he didn't really have to do media and the bits he didn't really like. So I guess that's kind of like a great job for him. He gets to test the bike, helps the team. And he participated in the preseason tests. He was asked to replace Nino Petrucci at the Argentino Grand Prix, but he also decided against it. So last year, Casey appeared in the Ducati garage for the Algarve and Valencia GP and was rumoured to become a rider coach for Peko or Jack. But we think he declined that offer or maybe he just wanted to spend time with his family. Like that was one of the main reasons he decided to retire. So I wouldn't like put it past him to decline stuff. I mean, if you are a rider coach, you have to travel everywhere with them and I can imagine that being so stressful like especially as you've not done it for so many years. I think it could be like a small possibility that maybe he tries to like coach them like over the phone which can be hard but he obviously still knows his stuff and all this so it could be like him trying to help the team a bit further away because like you said, he retired so he could spend time with his family. But I think it could also be because he didn't only race with like Ducati. He also raced with Honda. So it could be that he just didn't want to get tied down to a team. And like if someone calls him up and is like, hey, can you help me? If he's like contracted to a team, he can't say yes. Yeah. I think it's kind of like this season with Valentino obviously he went to the Portuguese GP to like he was just like around trackside and I think he was in Marini's and Bezeki's like boxes so I'm guessing that's what Casey's just going to do like if he wants to go to a race obviously he'd get in he's like a two-time world champion they're not just going to be like Casey you're not allowed to come in yeah like Um, no you can't come here yeah you can't sit with us (laughs) yeah so obviously they'd let him in and like I guess if it's some attracting new because obviously we've got some new tracks on the calendar so yeah if it was one he knew he would probably be in Ducati giving tips yeah I mean we have two new tracks this season but I 
would guess that the tracks have changed since 2012 in general yeah I mean the bikes have changed as well but yeah obviously the like where you have to brake and stuff that probably would have changed because the bikes are more powerful the brakes are probably better yeah but also some some of the things never change because for example like the like I think they call it the leg disc technique where they when they brake they put their leg out and it looks a bit funky um (laughs) (laughs) I think that was like I I invented is a bit weird to say but I think like it was invented by Mick Doohan if I remember correctly and that was like in the 90s and the riders (laughs) still do it so like some things like even if the bikes change they like still live on okay so first of all we're going to talk about Romano Fanati so he was first sacked in 2016 from in Moto3 from Rossi's Sky Racing team because he got into a fight with Uccio. He also got kicked out of Valentino's academy as well. Yes. Pro tip, if you want to stay in academy in an academy, don't fight with the owner's bestie. Yeah. Just a pro tip for you guys. <laughs> so then he obviously got employed by another team in 2017. Fanati was also sacked in 2018 for grabbing Stefano Manzi's brake mid-race at approximately 140 miles per hour in Mazzano. He was black flagged and banned for two races. However, his team at the time, Snipers, dropped him after the incident and he also got his racing licence revoked by the FIM. Yeah, and it was also reported that he could be investigated for attempted murder, so... Yeah. I think that maybe shows the, like how severe that issue really is because it isn't just like you maybe like breaking a bit bad and accidentally crashing into someone or like even I've seen clips of like riders like and I think it was Fanati like kicking other bikes yeah. like obviously that's I think bad he did that behavior. to um Ayo <laughs> yeah um he kicked Nicholas Ayo's bike like somewhere and then flipped him off after kicking his bike. I was like, okay. Yeah. Fanati was quoted to say, mine was the gesture of someone who wanted to say, stop, look, if I want to, I can make you fall off. His behaviour was deemed unsporting, dangerous, and a damaging conduct, the image of all. He was supposed to get a ride with MV Augusta the following season, but that deal fell through because of this incident. Yeah, and MV Augusta ended up saying, a true sportsman would never act this way. If I would be a MotoGP promoter at Drona, I would ban him from world racing in general, like, as a whole. Obviously, people get annoyed at each other, but they don't just grab people's front brakes because that could seriously injure them and they're already taking part in a high-risk sport so I don't know why you want to risk even more injury yeah and it's like at that point you're not just like it's not just your life like if you break someone else's life it's their life that you're risking like at the end of the day you're, you're responsible for yourself and in that sense if you break your own bikes and fall off it's your fault or the bike's fault like there's something that like happened but if you break someone else's bike you might be killing them for nothing yeah so recently Fanati has moved back into the Moto2 paddock this year um but he got fired from speed up after only six races and this was basically because he hasn't delivered results the team was expecting him to. Um, His best result this season was an 11th place in Portimao, being outshone by his younger teammate Fahmin Aldegar didn't help his case either. I mean, Fahmin has put in some spectacular performances. He's only, what, 17, 16? Honestly, how young these kids are is... He's a child. Romano's been in the Moto2 paddock before, I think. Yeah. 
so he has a bit of experience obviously Fermin has had some experience as well because he's ridden he rode for half last season as well I think so yeah and is being replaced by Alonso Lopez I don't remember where he placed in the Moto2 European which was the class that Fermin won last year but they were teammates in that class as well so I think they could do really well just to put it out there hopefully I don't jinx the guy sorry oh he came second in the Moto2 CEV so basically came runner up to Fermin so the general attitude towards Fanati especially from fans is rather negative most people don't seem that bothered he lost a lot of sympathy after the break incident in 2018. On the other hand, there has been people appealing to others to forgive the young Italian and give him another chance. But I guess Speed Up do have a reputation of hiring two riders and then by mid-season or before mid-season, they end up with being kicked out of the team. So I'm not surprised, really. I mean, it literally happened last year with Speed Up. Okay, so moving on, we're obviously going to talk about the probably the most dramatic thing that happened last season, which is Maverick Vinales. So in 2021, Maverick was suspended by Yamaha for irregular operation of the motorcycle at the Styrian Grand Prix. The suspension for the Austrian Grand Prix, which took place after the Styrian Grand Prix, was announced on the 12th of August. And it was later revealed that Maverick allegedly blew up his engine deliberately out of frustration for the restart. He publicly apologised, but his contract was ended a week before the British Grand Prix. There were obvious signs that uh, of their declining relationships before for example, in the Dutch GP where Yamaha finished 1-2 and Maverick sat in the garage with a sour face. Yeah, we talked about this already in our second episode, I think, which was the like season review for 2021. But yeah, the whole Maverick leaving situation, there was a lot going on. Like... Maverick wasn't without a MotoGP seat for long. I don't think he was without a MotoGP seat at all because before his contract was ended, he got signed by Aprilia. I think yeah. it was he got a two-race suspension from Yamaha. Then Aprilia announced them signing Maverick. And yeah. then almost immediately after that, Yamaha just kicked him out. But then yeah. he ended up riding towards the end of the season because... Salvador got injured in, I think, was it the same GP where, yeah, it literally was the same GP where Maverick yeah. tried to blow up his engine. I think it was showed a lot in Most GP Unlimited that, like, Maverick didn't want, midway through the season, Maverick didn't want to continue with Yamaha for the next season, uh, for, so the 2022 season. So he asked for his contract to be like, cut in half because obviously I think it's under a two-year contract but he asked for it just to be a to be changed to a one-year contract so he obviously didn't want to be with Yamaha anymore but then he obviously blew Yamaha his bike apparently up. didn't want to be him yeah he him blew either. his bike up and then Yamaha just basically told him we can't have you blowing bikes up like this because if he kept doing that and then left the team the team would basically have no bikes no results it would be really bad yeah obviously Yamaha did find a solution for kicking Maverick out it was a bit of a maybe a trial run um, situation because they had people in and out and in and out but they started with uh, Cal Crutchlow who replaced Maverick for Silverstone and Aragon Um, he had previously previously replaced Frankie for the Petronas SRT for a couple of races due to Frankie's uh, knee injury, I think. 
and then it was Jake Dixon's turn uh, to replace Frankie in Petronas at the British GP and in Aragon as well. And then in Misano, when Frankie made his comeback uh, from his knee injury and was like immediately moved up to the factory team. Actually, I realized I said that Cal replaced him for the knee injury, but it, Cal replaced Frankie for something else. Sorry, that was my mistake. So public opinions were split. So some people were in favour of Maverick and defending him. Since firing over an isolated incident is a bit harsh. On the other hand, other people were on Yamaha's side because um, Maverick's, Maverick's actions were a sign of serious misdemeanor and a team as big as Yamaha isn't gonna fire someone especially someone that's raced with them for so long over one singular incident even though blowing up an engine is very serious so it has to be a tension that's built up probably either for years or at least from the start of the season. Yeah Maverick was quite lucky to get his seat with Aprilia considering their Obviously, they were having lots of success in Silverstone. Um, Alicia was on the podium. Um, but he's obviously in the 2022 season, he's still being outperformed by Alicia. And his contract is ending this year. He only had a one year contract. So everyone is speculating whether Maverick is going to stay in that team or not. And um, I don't think he will that some of the statements that he's made are very similar to what happened at Yamaha, saying that he needs them to change the bike fit to suit his riding style. It's just like last year all over again. <laughs> Hopefully no blowing up the engine, but I think I think it might be rude to say sorry all to the to all of the Maverick fans I think he's very argumentative and he doesn't and obviously no writer likes to think that they're in the wrong but I think every time something happens it's the bike and never Maverick like it's always like oh someone has to change the bike or they're favoring him or him being grumpy towards Yamaha and obviously um, it takes two for the tango, so there has to be some tension also, obviously, from Yamaha's side and as well from Aprilia's side, but the like drama seems to follow him, which I don't think is a good sign. Okay, uh, we're going to move on to Danilo Petrucci and Ika Lacona, who obviously departed from Tech 3 KTM in 2021 and probably wasn't on the best notes so a quote from Petrucci is that he said they fired me when I was when I still had my levers on I'm pretty sure this was after a race he'd finished the race and he said that in one of the races that everyone found out that they weren't going to be there next year and that Remy and Raul were going to be taking the seats yeah, um, apparently Petrucci wasn't surprised he got sacked after the 2020 season, 2021 season uh, when no one in Tech 3 or Tech 3 uh, would answer the phone anymore, but he got fired right after qualifying, actually, still oh. wearing his leathers. And that is also a bit insensitive from the team because you should, I think, remain polite to your writers. Yeah. In general, like things didn't seem to work out between Danilo and uh, Tektua, despite him looking really forward to ride in the KTM satellite team after being fired from Ducati. And he didn't get the technical support from KTM he was promised when he signed the current contract originally. So I think that must have been a bit hard on Per. Petrucci's part because if they promise something and then don't deliver and then fire you the way they did I think it's just like not looking very good on KTM yeah but obviously he's in Moto America now and he's doing really well he's winning races so I'm glad that he hasn't just stopped racing altogether because obviously he really enjoys it 
it's like a kiss goodbye to KTM. Like, look at me now. I'm doing yeah. so much better. <laughs> yeah, that's like the same with Lacrona. Obviously, he's moved to World Superbike with Honda. He's on the factory team there because obviously they only have one team and they don't have a like a satellite team in World Superbike at the moment. And he's he got his first podium in their last the last World Superbike round, which is amazing for him. But Simon Patterson quoted that um, it was a case of rider in the wrong place at the wrong time for KTM, which I think is so true. And I think you can see that from Raul and Remy. Like, they both have so much potential, but it's not being shown because the bike just has not been working at all. Blame KTM. 2022. <laughs> uh, Lequona was a very promising rider who only started 21 races uh, during the COVID shortened season and made solid progress during his time with the Tech Tour team. But someone was quoted saying, seems like KTM is simply too interested in the talent coming up rather than Sticking with what they have, um, like you can see with them promoting Raul Fernandez and Remy Corner, especially because Raul wished to stay in Moto2 for another season and wasn't allowed to. Like, why couldn't they go with Remy and then Iker for another season and then promote Raul? It was like, yeah. you have to move up. And obviously they have Pedro Acosta now as well, Jaume Masia and Dani Holgado in Moto3 and... Augusto Fernandez as well in Moto2. So they have a lot of talent, but yeah. they just can't seem to keep it because they sack them themselves, which is weird. But Yeah, like the talent in Moto3 and Moto2 is unreal. And the bikes in Moto2 and 3 for KTM are working so well. And last year they worked well. They won the championships in Moto2 and Moto3. But in MotoGP, it's not working out. So all the talent is just getting, like, squished into MotoGP. But there are clearly not enough seats in MotoGP. So they keep having... Well, they've fired Danilo Petrucci and Nicola Corona and just pushed them aside, basically, because there is new talent and they need that in MotoGP. Ika found out he had been fired during free practice four at the Styrian GP. He even said he cried under his helmet when he saw his hopes of remaining in the Premier class crushed within seconds. I mean, he is still pretty young. He's like 21, 22. I think he had so much. I, yeah, I just think it's such a shame because he definitely, if he got moved to like Yamaha or Ducati, I definitely think he could have proven like, his work his talent yeah. yeah his talent and that makes me so sad like I just want to give him a hug three <laughs> hugs because that is not okay and I see like a not very nice pattern with the tech dwarf firings like they don't give the riders really time it's like after qualifying ayo by the way and after like free practice for like I don't like that at all but now he's doing very well in world superbikes and he has said that he doesn't think about going back to the gp just now i think there were some rumors about him replacing mark when he got injured yeah because obviously he's on the honda and world superbike it would make sense for him to replace mark but i think yeah because obviously last when Mark last got injured, Stefan replaced him. But obviously, Stefan is the test rider, so it make more sense for someone like Iqua to replace him because um, they're full-time riders. They're not just test riders. But then it would clash with the World Superbike season. So, yeah. Okay, so moving on to Andrea De Vizio. So, so in... August of 2020, it was announced that Dovi would not be racing with Ducati factory team anymore after spending eight years with the team. 
Dobby was the best Ducati rider on the grid and finished the season in fourth. Despite Dobby being consistently the best Ducati rider over the years, his relationship with team boss Gigi Delinia was on the decline as he was under the impression that Dobby could have pushed harder and gotten more out of the bike. Dobby was quoted to say, Gigi and I have not spoken ca- have not spoken calmly since 2017, so three years ago in 2020. Um, Dovi wanted to take a year off from racing, but with the whole Vinales drama and reshuffling and replacing riders with another in the Yamaha teams, he was recruited by Petronas SRT to replace Frankie for the last five races of the 2021 season. And he got, I think, essentially like in 2021, was it a one-year contract? I think his is... Yeah, it's ending in 2022, so we'll see if he continues racing after this season. Yeah, obviously that all got a bit mixed up because originally Dobby was rumoured to go to Aprilia for his comeback, but then Maverick got the ride, so he had to find somewhere else, and that just so happened to be Yamaha. Um. Uh, Ducati replaced Dobby with um, Paco, basically, and they also moved Jack up because Danilo Petrucci also was without a seat. Um, I think Dobby said somewhere that the re- main reason they that he got fired was the rec- like like re- decline. It within like his and the team boss's relationship. Yeah. Um. So obviously they Ducati won the constructors and team championship, and Peko came runner up in that year, which was twenty twenty one. So they won that. Obviously Fabio won the championship. Um, I guess Peko could have won the championship if he hadn't crashed. Misano, but we could get talk about ifs and buts for like the whole episode. So Dobby implied that Delinia had quietly decided to sack Dobby after an explosive technical meeting in July or August of 2019. Um, it's quoted that it started as a technical meeting, but then it ended as a confrontation between the two of us. Gigi felt attacked, beaten. I think at that moment he closed the doors, but he did it quietly, and what he says confirms it. Dovi was also quoted saying, it was said that I wanted this and that, all lies, there was never an offer, there were no negotiations. I still did not know that they no longer wanted me. So quite rough on him. I think Ducati definitely made like putting Pekka and Jack in the factory team definitely wasn't a bad thing. But I do think they could have maybe kept Dovi in Pramac or somewhere. Yeah, and obviously what they could have done was um move Peko back, like, or Peko up, sorry, my English isn't working, and leave Dovi with him, because obviously it's beneficial for a rider to learn from another, like, older veteran rider, but, like, rather than moving up to young riders at the same time. Yeah, definitely, but obviously because of his relationship with Gigi, it probably wouldn't have happened. Yeah. Next up, we have Hector Barbara who was racing with the Pons HP40 team in Moto2 in 2018, but the team fired him for a drunk type driving charge in the June of said year. It seemed, at least to the public eye, that the split was done in a peaceful manner, uh, with the team wishing Barbara the best for his future and him up apologizing on social media for the incident 
Also in 2018, Barber didn't have the best start to his season either, only scoring 10 points in the first six races compared to his teammate Lorenzo Baldassare's 84 points. Um, he used to also ride in MotoGP from 2010 to 2017, but had to go back to Moto2 at the age of 31. And in general, it seemed like his career was slowly fading. And there is a very small possibility he would have even stayed in a racing seat for 2019. Yeah, so from the Catalan GP onwards, he was replaced by Augusto Fernandez, who was riding for the speed up in 2017 but he didn't have a motor two seat at the beginning of 2018. Augusto finished the rest of the season pretty well, scoring 45 points. Basically, Augusto got a second chance at riding in motor two because he didn't have a seat that year. And Pons had a rider who scored a good amount of points for them. I mean, Hector only scored 10 in the first six races and... Augusto scored 45 in the however many races were left in the season. After that, Barber did not come back to Grand Prix motorcycle racing, but he competed in a couple of super, super, super shot and super bike races between 2018 and 2019. And currently he's riding in Moto America for the Titler cycle racing team. Um and is currently fourth in the standings. Now we're quickly going to go over some other surprising splits from some teams and riders, as well as other team personnel. So in 2015, Niklas Ayo got essentially kicked out from his Moto3 seat for the same reason as Hector Barbara. So it was a drunk driving charge against him. And then in 2018, Danny, Danny Kent um, was kicked out of the Speed Up Moto2 team by the team owner, Luca Boscoscuro, due to him having an attitude and getting poor results. Um, also... Alex Hoffman, who now works for Severus TV, was sacked from the Pramac Ducati team in 2007 because he pulled out of the Portuguese GP to, to, due to a lack of motivation, um, as well as Karel Abraham was fired from Vintia by an email from the team's notary. Um, he originally had a two-year deal from 2019 to 2020 that was terminated early. And then we have Tori Bayliss, who was sacked after the 2004 season by Ducati when he finished only 14th in the standings. And even though he had been a part of the Ducati organization for five years, the team determined that his results were too poor. We also have some team personnel who got fired from their constructors. Um, the first one is Jeremy Burgess in 2013. He was originally Valentino's crew chief, but Valentino fired him. Valentino explained he needed a change, a new boost and new motivation. Burgess said that he was blindsided basically and he had no plans for the near future as he expected to stay with Valentino. We also have Mike Lettner who was fired from his role at KTM as race manager in November 2021. A couple of weeks after the season ended they replaced him with Francesco Gudotti. He is still with KTM as a consultant though um KTM basically just decided they needed a change in management in order to push for better results as they were not really satisfied with their 2021 performance. I think that's a fair amount of 
split ups between teams and riders either leaving by their own decision when we look at Suzuki and as well as Casey Stoner and also a very big amount of teams firing riders or team personnel or whatever drama happens between them. Thank you for listening to this episode of The Siding Lab. We'll be back next week and remember to follow us on all platforms at The Siding Lab. Thank you for listening and bye-bye. Thank you.